0: sort of going back and forth for a year and a half where he didn't want a girlfriend and I loved him so much (laughs) and then at the end of that year and a half was when I decided I'm not happy in New York, I'm not happy doing what I'm doing, I really want to pursue this makeup career um, and move home to Toronto. I sort of missed being home with my family and friends, I had been away for so long and uh, he showed up at my door once he found that I was leaving. He was like, "But I love you."
1: This episode of the You and Me podcast is brought to you by The Bridal Journey and Wonderlust Creative. This episode spotlights a real bride and the process she has undertaken to plan her dream wedding. I'm Laura from Wonderlust Creative. A bespoke wedding and event planning company that specialises in creating unique and personal events. And I am joined as always by Andy, owner of The Bridal Journey, a premium wedding blog and research platform, the best go to for all your wedding inspiration. Today on the show, we have the stunning Alexandra Cole, owner of Flawless Makeup, who, two weeks shy from a scheduled wedding date, decided to proceed with a gorgeous celebration at her grandparents' home, surrounded by a hundred of their closest loved ones. Alex shares with us the process she undertook to plan her wedding during COVID and the choices she made to ensure that her day was filled with the most important details that she'll remember for a lifetime to come. So here she is. Let's dive on in. Good morning, everyone. Today we have got on the You and Me podcast the gorgeous Alex Cole, um, who is going to chat to us about her wedding day. So welcome, Alex. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. And so we were just talking off air just before about us <laughs> trying to get the time difference right. You're at the moment you are in Canada. Yes. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, obviously that's where you live. And yeah, just give us a bit of a background into who you are. Okay, amazing. Um
0: so my name's Alex and I grew up in Toronto. I went to school for fashion in New York. And uh, was working as a designer there for several years before I decided that I love makeup and I eat, breathe and sleep makeup and need to be a makeup artist here in Toronto. So I moved home about four years ago and started my Flawless account. And I now do about 70 weddings a year in Toronto. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I... Am surrounded by weddings, as you can imagine, all year long, all the time. So I've had lots of time to dream up what I want my day to look like.
1: Which is sometimes hard, isn't it? Because when you're surrounded by something, you know all the options. So it's it takes a little bit to be able to narrow everything down because you know so much and you've seen so much and a hundred percent.
0: But I also think it gave me a little bit of an advantage in terms of timing and scheduling and things that I do see happen at so many weddings where I'm like, "Hmm, I feel like I could do that better or I would do that differently. So I definitely think that's helped. And it also gave me such a broad knowledge in terms of who I wanted to plan and which vendors I wanted to use um, because I've worked with so many of them.
1: Amazing. Oh, amazing. And so have you been in Toronto your whole life?
0: So I've been in Toronto my whole life until I I moved to New York. I went to Parsons um, when I was 17. And then I did my four-year BFA there studying fashion design. Um, And then I was working as a fashion designer at Uniqlo. I designed all the uh, women's outerwear. So I was sort of back and forth between Tokyo and New York. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Under Armour and designed all the men's and women's run collection. And then, so I was there for a total of eight years.
1: And then I moved home to
0: Toronto four years ago.
1: Oh, incredible. And so did you meet your partner in Toronto? Or did you meet your partner in New York?
0: So kind of both. Um, yep.
1: We actually went to the same high school. He's a
0: few years older than me. And yep. I always knew who he was. He was, it was like Always away. a cool, hot, older guy that I never thought would even know who I was. Um, and so we had met at a few different parties here and there. He was friends with one of my girlfriend's older brothers. So we just sort of crossed paths as the years sort of went on. And then he ended up moving to New York about five years into me living there. And we had a very similar group of friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at first he really didn't like me at all. <laughs> and, um, well, jokes on him. And, <laughs> totally. He's got you now. Yeah. And so we actually, once he got past that, we ended up becoming really good friends and we went to stay at my family's place in Palm beach in Florida for Thanksgiving, which will be five years in a month from now. And, um, We had a couple drinks and one thing led to another. And basically we were sort of going back and forth for a year and a half where he didn't want a girlfriend and I loved him so much. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end of that year and a half was when I decided I'm not happy in New York. I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. I really want to pursue this makeup career um and move home to Toronto. I sort of missed being home with my family and friends. I had been away for so long. And uh he showed up at my door once he found out I was leaving and was like, but I love you.
2: Oh, yeah. So like very romantic.
0: Very romantic. Um it was sort of like everything you had dreamed of hearing yeah. and only sort
1: of happens in movies. Yeah. But it's actually happening in real life. I was just gonna say it's kind of like um know when you compartmentalize stuff and then you're like okay you this is it I want to move home now and it's almost like it's almost even sweeter that he not probably not realized that he loved you then but he knew that he had to say something then because 100% made that decision they're like no this is I've got to do this for me now and I can't just you know if I'm not happy where I am I've got to keep going and there's nothing like a little bit of a real push a realization or, like, a bit of a reality hit for people to realize, like, you know, life waits for no one. You've kind of got to take this experience or this moment and, you know, move with it.
0: Totally. And it's so many, it was,
1: like, so many of my friends
0: were, like, as soon as you walk away, he's going to realize. And it really is true. Like, I think a lot of people need to lose the person or lose what they think they have in order for them to get that push. Oh, yeah. To just like oh, I don't actually want to lose them.
1: That's it. It's kind of like that in life, isn't it? You, you don't know, you know, how what you've got until it is gone. Or you don't know how beautiful your town is until you actually explore it. Or
2: you don't know exactly. how
1: nice it is to travel until suddenly we can't even cross the borders anymore. Like, yeah, exactly. crazy. Yeah.
0: So, well, I'm happy that he came to that realization. Yeah. <laughs> Did, um, we did long distance for three years and oh, he wow. moved back home December 19th of tw- uh, 2019. Yeah. And he proposed December 31st.
1: Oh, oh my gosh. And how did he propose? Uh, he
0: brought me to my grandma's house, which is where we got married. And we were playing catch with my dog in on the tennis court, which is where the big tent was set up
1: yeah
0: and he threw the ball she does not know how to play fetch at all so she was sort of useless <laughs> uh, so he ended up having to hand me the ball and say here try this one and written on the tennis ball it said will you marry me
1: wow. oh wow that you weren't
0: expecting that uh no I you know I, I sort of was expecting it a little mm-hmm. um but I didn't know it was going to happen right in that second. But we had never played fetch with my dog on the tennis court before. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I knew something was going on. Yeah. yeah. And so that was, you said that was uh, December 2019? Yes. So you must have had a really short engagement then. A really short engagement. Uh, so my, our
0: anniversary date is the day my grandparents got married.
1: How beautiful.
0: Which was super important to me. So the year before, when I realized that August 29th fell on a Saturday, mm. I was sort of like kind of crazy enough to tell all the vendors and everyone I wanted to hold the date. Yes,
2: yeah, so that's about <laughs> what, seven, seven to eight months.
0: It, well, so it gave us a year to, oh, yeah. so that I could get oh, everyone
2: I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And then basically he could have proposed August 28th and I could have made the wedding
1: still happen. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was already done. Little did he know. Yes, Yes, exactly. He's still finding out little bits and pieces (laughs) now. And so because, obviously because you work in the industry and because you've got, you know, so you would know so many contacts and have so much experience within it. Did you hire a planner to help you navigate the nitty-gritty and the behind the scenes or or did you kind of work it all out on yourself and with your vendors?
0: No, so I definitely hired a planner. Um my planner's name is Ashley Lindzen. She is one of the very popular wedding planners here in Toronto and she's so incredibly talented. Yeah. Uh, and I've worked with her a ton. She was actually the first wedding planner to ever hire me for a wedding.
1: Oh wow Um, Yeah, special
0: so special and I remember meeting her being like who is this boss bitch like I
1: am gonna work with her one day for Mm -hmm. mine I love it that's so good and so between you and Ashley you had already obviously had an idea of who you wanted as your vendors but how did you how did you envisage your wedding how did you you, you wanted it at home, you had it at home um, or at your grandparents' house, but how did you want your day to kind of look and feel and what was the vibe that you were going for? So it's been my dream
0: since I was probably, I think I was six years old when I was, my aunt, my first aunt got married at my grandma's house. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I was a flower girl at the wedding and I just thought it was so magical to get married at home in their backyard is so beautiful. And luckily, it's big enough to host about 250 people. Oh, wow. So I knew that I always wanted to get married there. And I just feel like I walk into a lot of these venues Mm -hmm. during all the weddings I'm at and people are just trying to change the room instead Mm -hmm. of, Working with what the room has to offer.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. So that was really important to me to use the architecture of the house, to use the details of the house and sort of work with it and complement it, not try and change it.
1: Yeah. And that's, it is a thing because you actually, what people don't realize either is that when you pick a space because it's beautiful and it's you and it's your partner and you pick it for the aesthetic and the surrounds and the environment recreating that space is not only kind of going to cost you double what you probably want to spend, but it's also going to change the entire look and feel of the space you chose. And you chose it for a reason. So investing, I think, in a spot that means something personally to you guys, you kind of save on all the additional things that you need to bring in and and thoughts that you need to have to kind of make it something wow, which you might not need. A hundred percent.
0: And I, I knew I, I don't really love flowers. Yep. I feel like I've been flowered out. <laughs> um, so I wanted to, the house is very modern, yeah. sort of art deco. It's all limestone and there's all this black iron and gold work and detailing on the doors um, as the gate looking down from the pool onto the tennis court and I, and there's so much beautiful greenery already built into the backyard that I just felt that flowers would be sort of redundant and unnecessary. And I wanted to keep it super sleek and modern to match the house. So, for the hoopah, for example, we did it to mimic the iron gate looking down onto the tennis court. And that, also details all the doors so that's why it was all black and clean and iron and they had the little gold ball accents on the four corners
1: yeah I, and I love it and it's something that I think that you know you as a stylist it's you've got to convince people that something out of the box is gonna work and look really really amazing and that takes sometimes a lot of work but because you've been in the industry you knew exactly how things were kind of relate to the space and I think that was one of my favorite parts of your photos I thought that was absolutely beautiful thank you so much I
0: also just think getting married in the center of the pool not a lot of people have the opportunity to get to do something like that and it was just so beautiful especially at the end of the ceremony the entire backyard lit up in fairy lights yeah as soon as we had our first kiss um, and then the pool lights also went on. So there was just this beautiful gaze of light coming through this plexiglass aisle.
2: Yeah. Underneath mm-hmm. us, and it was just super magical. Same. And um, did you have a wedding planner at all help you plan your wedding or because you'd had so much, so much experience, did you kind of take the lead on it all? So
0: Ashley Linden was the planner and she
2: definitely took the lead on most things. I
0: I had a very clear vision of what I wanted it to look like, um, but she definitely made the entire evening come together. I definitely cannot take credit for any
1: of that. <laughs> and so, working with working with Ashley, how did you go um, when you'd you'd obviously got your supplies to hold the date? Um, did you did you go into your wedding day um, with um, your partner? Is it Ethan? Yes, his name is yeah. Ethan. Okay, with Ethan, did you go in with a um, a budget in mind or an overall ceiling price in mind that you wanted to, you know, stick to? Or did you kind of just say, look, these are the elements that I really want and what will be will be?
0: Uh, sort of a combination of both. She had she had given us a preliminary budget um, based off of all the vendors I wanted to use, Based off of basically all the fixed costs that I knew for sure were going to be there that I couldn't do anything about. So the photographer I knew I wanted to use, videographer, um, et cetera. It was basically the only thing that was up in the air was the decor. Yes. Uh, But then it sort of all came to a halt once COVID hit because we thought there was no way we were getting married August 29th. Yeah. Yeah. So it the budget sort of became null and void because we didn't even think that we had anything to plan.
1: Yep, exactly. Do you think with everything with COVID hitting midway through your, your process, was that kind of the most challenging part of the process for you guys was to try and navigate that complete unknown? A hundred percent. It's yeah. so
0: stressful. Like my heart goes out to every single bride that's had to go through that because it's so frustrating and there's nothing you can do about it and it's not like it's only happening to you it's happening to so many other people too yeah yeah it is real um yeah it's crazy for everybody at the
1: moment it's It's really
0: hard it sucks and you know you have this idea in your head and you well for me for example i've been planning this my whole life i've been dreaming of my wedding uh so to sort of be told five months before, oh, it might not happen, was definitely a little heartbreaking. Oh, absolutely.
1: And it's it's about trying to wrap your head around the new, like normal or the, you know, you go you've got a vision, you know exactly how it's gonna be, and then suddenly you've got to shift your entire way of thinking and be happy with the shift in thinking. And I think that's what's, you know, would be so hard for for couples at the moment. Is not having to shift your focus, but be content and be happy with where it lands as well. I totally
0: agree. I we honestly got so lucky in the end because we I had like my dream night. I had to cut a hundred people, but
2: how did you um go about cutting the hundred people? What did it come down to? We ended up having a hundred people
0: no we so we were supposed to have 200 and we ended up with 100 you were allowed 100 people legally outside in Toronto at the yeah. time it's now changed to 25 like two yeah. almost two weeks after our wedding it changed to 25 oh so we really got so lucky yeah we fit into That's this like packet time where it just sort of worked out and I kept saying during COVID to all my friends it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and they're like Al, you are crazy. It's not happening. <laughs> I'm like, just wait. I'm telling you guys, like, we're going to fit into a pocket of time where things have sort of opened up again. It'll be five months in, six months in. People will be sick of being inside. Restaurants are going to start to open. There's just no way it's happening. Yeah, you know what? You manifested that for sure. I really—they say that to me all the time. At the amount of times I wished at eleven, eleven
1: for this to come true. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. Have you got any advice? Because you have just gone through this for couples that are looking to having to slash their guest list. How did you? How did you do it? How did you go about? reducing those numbers and what, and what did you say to those guests? (laughs) I actually never really said anything to
0: those guests. Um, (laughs) I think, I think it was just sort of understood if I could have them, I would. And Mm -hmm. I was definitely sad that I couldn't, but it was basically our families. So those were counted into our numbers. Luckily, neither of us have super big families and we weren't inviting any of our parents first cousins or anything like that and Ethan's family most of them don't live in Toronto so he really only had three people in his family come to the wedding all right which helps a lot with numbers and then plus our bridal parties and their plus ones we were at about 54 people Mm -hmm. and then it was basically just inviting we had like several different rounds of invites so we sent out our first rounds of invites which included some of my parents friends some of my grandmother's friends who I suspected would say no due to the coronavirus but I just wanted to confirm the no's before I then sent out other invites to our friends who I knew would probably say yes yes yeah so once we got no's back we then sent out another round and then once we
1: got those no's back we sent out another round it's insane and you would not expect anybody to have any kind of um criticism or be um kind of shitty towards you guys but did you have anyone did you have any issues with that or or you guys really understanding not really um we
0: so they had changed the rules to become 100 people outside maybe Three weeks earlier, okay, four or maybe four weeks earlier. So we only decided to actually go ahead with the wedding two and a half weeks before the wedding.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So we did this all in two and a half weeks. My dress. Luckily, I had told them I still was maybe considering getting married August twenty ninth, so okay. they still had the dress come in, and it actually I went to try it on the day after we decided to like go ahead with the wedding
2: yeah mm.
1: oh wow it all sort of
0: worked out very seamlessly from then on in but I was doing a wedding in Aurelia in Toronto mm-hmm. or it, just outside of Toronto yeah. and it was the first wedding I had been doing that had a hundred people going to it and I was sort of hesitant at first yeah. and I was like Are yeah. people okay with coming or people giving you trouble And it was just one of those things where the bride looked at me and she's like, it just is what it is. If people aren't comfortable, they don't need to come and I can't be offended.
1: That's it. And if you need to slash your guest list because of what's going on at the moment, then they also, they can't be offended either. And it's a, it's a really fine line and it's hard for couples.
0: A hundred percent. But you also have to think of it like, would you make that person's top hundred people? Totally. Totally like you're given 100 golden tickets to something and you can't go over. I think anyone in that situation having to deal with it would totally understand if you weren't given one of those tickets.
1: Um. And so let's just go back to your dress because that was incredible and feathers are one of my favorites. So tell us a little bit about your dress.
0: So I didn't even really dress shop. I found an image online of a dress that was made by Ralph and Russo that, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name. She's a Victoria's Secret, Sarah Sempeo. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. uh, Wore to a red carpet in Cannes during one of the festivals there. And it was this beautiful white sort of sheer dress, all feathered. It had a cape on it as well and I went to powder a store in Toronto who I knew worked with a lot of Israeli designers and would be my best shot at creating something like this and I sat down they said what do you want to try on I was like I don't even want to look here's this picture I want to wear this and how can you make it happen and they just made it happen yeah, so I tried on a few different dresses from Lee that just for silhouette and sizing and everything like that. And then we went through, I told them little t- differences that I wanted from the dress. I said I didn't want it to be quite as sheer, I wanted it to be a little bit more appropriate. Um, I didn't want the cape, I wanted it to sort of look strapless but yet still have straps because I have. A bit of a bigger bust, and I didn't want to be pulling the dress up all night, and that was sort of it. And then I left, and ten months later, it arrived, and I had no idea what it was going to look like.
2: It's absolutely beautiful. I yeah, haven't seen she really anything like it before. That's yeah, a- and yeah. I, that's sort of what
0: I had envisioned. I did because again, I'm at so many weddings, and I see so many yeah. dresses. I just wanted something a little bit different.
2: And it's kind of got like diamantes, doesn't it? Or what's the glitter of it? It's hard to tell in the photo. So the actual base of the, like the actual fabric itself is
0: uh, very sheer and it has this linear beading down it, which is all different crystals. There's some pearls, there's some beads there. It's all different beading all the way down which is what gives it that sparkle. I think there were some sequins in there too. And then on top of that was hand-stitched in feathers going in the right direction to complement the silhouette of my body.
2: Mm. Yeah. Did you um, do your own hair and
0: makeup? Um, I had my friend Allison Cam, who's an incredible hairstylist here in Toronto, do my hair and I did my own makeup.
1: So let's have a bit of, let's touch then on your, um the, your little black, black book of vendors, because I think, you know, it's really important who you choose to surround yourself on, on your wedding day, because it really can make or break the experience. So um, your dress, did you, you got it, did you get it made at powder, was it, or was that brought in for you?
0: So Powder is a store that works exclusively with Lee. If you want to get a Rebano dress in Toronto, that's where you have to get it. Okay. Um, I wasn't, I didn't go in knowing that it would for sure be from Lee. But once I went in and I showed her this photo, Mm -hmm. the owner was basically like, Lee is the only person I know who can make this. She's going to do it perfectly. I trust her so much. I think this is going to be the perfect match for you. and uh so I got it at powder but Lee made it and it's custom from her and then all the fittings and stuff were done at powder on site
1: Mm -hmm. okay yeah it's just so beautiful and it comes almost is it clinched in at your waist as well yeah so there was a really simple
0: white silk belt at the waist just to give it a little bit of emphasis because mm-hmm. the feathers sort of stick out. I didn't want it to make me look bigger than I am.
1: Yep, yep, totally. And
0: there was a built in bodysuit to the entire dress, which is how it was able to be sheer everywhere else. It's so beautiful,
1: mm. <laughs> it's really gorgeous. Thank and you. Your shoes, then, and um, your veil and jewelry, so all your accessories that went along with your dress, did you just pick them from? all different places or or...
0: the veil was made at powder as Mm -hmm. well she has the most beautiful sheer tool I've never seen anything quite so sheer as this um and I just wanted it super plain with a blusher and it to go a little bit longer than the dress nothing too crazy because I was worried it would fall into the pool if it was um and then my shoes were Gianvito Rossi. And I had seen them on uh, net porter and Farfetch when they first came out, like in the fall. I actually ordered them before we were even engaged. Oh, wow. And I, I have not worn them. I have had nowhere to go, unfortunately. Well, yeah. <laughs> I look forward to wearing them again. I <laughs> they it sort of reminded me of a Cinderella slipper. I fell in love with them as soon as I saw them and needed to have them. And as far as jewelry was concerned, I only wore diamond studs and that was, and my ring and that was it.
1: Well, the dress was the hero, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. I just felt, I didn't want to distract
2: from it at all. And you had this beautiful kind of sleek bun. Um, yeah. Low kind of sleek bun that looks with the middle part looks amazing. Did you just, yeah. did you always want to wear, are you kind of always wearing your hair up or?
0: Uh, well, my hair is actually cut into a short bob Mm. and I didn't want extensions bothering me the whole night. Mm -hmm. And I knew I didn't want my hair cut short in a bob either. And Haley Bieber's wedding the year before she had worn this beautiful low bun. Mm -hmm. And it's basically how my hair is up every single day in life anyways. So I think I was just going to be the most comfortable like that. And it also wasn't going to distract from the dress.
2: Yeah, it is It is um very, now that you say it, it is quite like how Hayley Bieber had it, isn't it? Yeah, that was definitely the goal. Yes, uh, all our inspiration, I think. <laughs> um, and so what were your favourite details of your wedding? What was your most like memorable moment?
0: Uh, my most memorable moment was definitely walking down the aisle. I... Was so nervous uh, right before the ceremony. I like kept looking at the planner, being like, "I'm gonna pee in my pants. I'm gonna pee in my pants." <laughs> and she's like, "No, you're not. You're fine." <laughs> um. And my little cousin, who's 16, played Blackbird on the guitar as I walked down, which was super special. Oh, wow, me. that's special. Uh, but I have to say that when we stepped on the glass and kissed and the entire backyard lit up and dancing in the moonlight came on it was honestly just the best moment ever
2: I'm glad I'm really happy that you came through with them not decided to postpone or cancel because who who knows when you would have been able to have your wedding as well with everything going on, on you know aside from obviously the disaster of a global pandemic um and having to cut your guest list was there any, you know, disasters that happened on the day or, you know, any regrets or are you pretty, you know, happy with how everything turned out?
0: No, honestly, it all turned out so amazing. I really feel like all my dreams came true and I got to get married on my grandparents' anniversary, standing in my favorite place in the world in their backyard. And literally nothing, like everything went perfectly except for I forgot my concealer at home. But luckily, I live two blocks away. So my best friend had to go and get it for me. But other than that, there was nothing that went
1: wrong. Minor, minor. That's so good, though. And so have you got any advice for us or any advice for future brides um, in their planning process or for their wedding day that you found, you know, that helped you and could potentially help them? I think a lot of people are just super indecisive
0: and it's really helpful to go through, you know, Instagrams like yours. I had so many photos saved in my saved folder for my wedding from you guys. Um, You're definitely my favorite blog out there, so I'm super honored to be doing this, but I, like, just go in with an idea of what you want, or try to at least, like, collect images you like, and, table settings you like and certain things like that so that you kind of have an idea of what you want going into it because I think that helps a lot
1: yeah yeah that's it and that's the thing isn't it the more indecisive you are the harder it is to actually make a decision when you know, the time comes and you have to, and you don't have a choice anymore. So Exactly.
0: And I feel like there's always so many opinions. So if you have sort of this template of images, even if you compile a bunch of people's images together to give to the planner for them to work off of, that's going to be super helpful.
1: Oh, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for reliving your wedding. It's, um, it's really nice to hear some, you know, good news stories come out of what's going on at the moment too. So, um, a beautiful wedding at the most perfect time that you clearly manifested for to <laughs> <For a
0: time. laughs> Thank you so much. Honestly, I have to say, as much as this is interrupting people's plans, it is a little bit of a blessing in disguise to get to celebrate your most special day with the people you love the most in the entire world.
1: Beautiful. Well, thanks Thank so you. much for joining us, Han. Thank you. Yay, okay, Bye. bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining!